I love how the secular world picks up on the things that the Catholics do and then like kind of tries to secularize them, but the foundation is Catholic, mm-hmm. right? You got like Valentine's Day. Well, that's St. Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a Halloween. Well, that's, you know, that's all Hallows Eve, mm-hmm. you know? So um, it's a great opportunity I find to to be able to even like do a little bit of evangelization or a little bit of like, you know, teaching or cate- catechizing, even if it's to your children or grandchildren or right. um, neighbors. Um, yeah, because you'll meet people and to, to help them see that there's there's too much and then there's just enough, so to speak. Welcome to Tulsa Time with Bishop Condola. I'm Adam Minahan. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and for all the reviews that we've been receiving uh, about Tulsa Time recently. We've had uh, over 15 five-star reviews on the uh, Apple Podcasts, and we've been receiving some really great emails uh, about Tulsa Time and about our new podcast that we've released Mm. within the Diocese with Deacon Kevin Malarkey. And um, it's just been like this adventure has been uh, one that has been great to have, not only with you, Bishop, but with everybody joining us across eastern Oklahoma. But by now on that channel, there's what, about six or seven? Yeah, so we have, I think we're posting, yeah, I think we're posting about uh, two to three times a week, you know, Mm -hmm. and each one is a different thing. So we got the Tulsa time, we got Forming Our Faith with Deacon Kevin Malarkey, and then we have... Typically, one that's either a talk that's being given throughout the diocese, um, or but also uh, Father Sean O'Brien. Father Sean O'Brien, yeah, we typically give a little taste of their of different podcasts that are happening throughout our diocese. Oh, his are not on there. They're well, not on. Not the, all yeah. of them. No, okay. uh, our goal is to like push push people to his podcast as well. Oh, okay, to kind okay. of be a, a platform for us. And then. So. Um, uh, do we do the same with like the man show and well, not the man show. We try to, but we do the glory B, uh, the glory B podcast with, uh, Mike Malcolm okay. and, uh, pastors of pain with, yeah, uh, yeah. Father right. Brian O'Brien and Father Kerry Wakulich. Right. Um, so all these great, uh, podcasts that are happening either through our, our clerics, through, um, different lady with that, with around the diocese. We, and, uh, Carlo is doing. His just regular show, right? Yeah, Carlo, Carlo is, is is putting together because he's going around. This is this is such a beautiful thing that we're doing here in the diocese is uh, having Carlo Broussard, who's part of Catholic Answers and part of of our diocese. He's traveling around, but but um, his regular show doesn't he do his regular show? For his you? his his regular show happens uh, from the studio, yeah, from Catholic Answers Live, and yeah. um, his he has a Sunday um, a Sunday show or a, a Sunday reading show um, where he goes through the readings of the mass and give oh. an apologetic angle okay. um, to help people understand the faith a little bit more based on scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, Every Word Sunday, that's what it's called. Oh, Every okay. Word Sunday with Carlo good. Broussard. Good, good. So yeah, there's a lot of great things happening in the diocese right now. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, of course, everything is revolves around the parishes and the mass in the parishes, so that's the main the main thing that any diocese does is the celebration of the Eucharist. So. That's right. Yeah, and we're, that's the beautiful thing about you know the uh, the Catholic faith is we we have liturgical seasons, and a lot of times they even match up with you know the seasons 
that are changing outside. Like, you know, we're, in, mm-hmm. we're, we're into October now. The, the leaves are finally starting to change. We're getting a little bit of a, a, of a relief from the heat. The pumpkins, pumpkin spice latte season. <laughs> I saw an advertisement for pumpkin spice hosts. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually, you know, they took a, a box of hosts and did a little fancy Photoshop with it. With, with pumpkin spice hosts. <laughs> Just get. <laughs> I don't know any pastor who's doing that. Please no, please no. <laughs> but that's pretty good. Yeah. So this is such a. a, a I love this this time of year with the, the seasons are changing. It's getting a little cooler mm-hmm. weather. Um, the the beautiful foliage outside. Right. Um, and you know this is a, a unique time in in the uh, even liturgical year as we're still journeying through ordinary time, but we're getting into uh, the end of. When we get into the end of October, there's some special things that are happening mm-hmm. um, that I love how the secular world picks up on the things that the Catholics do and then like kind of tries to secularize them. But the foundation is Catholic, mm-hmm. right? You got like Valentine's Day. Well, that's St. Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a Halloween. Well, that's, you know, that's all Hallows Eve, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it's a great opportunity, I find, to to be able to even like do a little bit of evangelization or a little bit of like, you know, teaching or cate- catechizing, even if it's to your children or grandchildren or right. um, neighbors. Um, yeah. Cause you'll meet people and to, to help them see that there's, there's too much and then there's just enough, so to speak. Uh, Halloween coming at, as it does towards the end of the liturgical year the end of the liturgical year focuses on the last things: heaven, death. That's a good death. Death, heaven, hell. Yeah, I'm missing one. Death, something, heaven, hell. The four last things. Um, purgatory. I guess it may be that. Yeah. Right, let me look yeah. it up. Let me look it up. Ask the Google, Saint Google. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, the, the liturgical season, the readings all focus us. Death, judgment, heaven, hell. That's it, death, judgment. Uh, focus us on remembering that we aren't here forever, that the purpose of being here is not here. Mm-hmm. It's not so that we stay here. The purpose of being here is to love God, to worship God, to love our neighbor, and to be with God forever in heaven. And that doesn't happen until, well, uh, there's a group of people for whom that will happen before they die, but we don't know when that will be. Right. Uh, for most of us, the end time will come at our natural death. And so we want to prepare for that. We're not afraid of death. Uh, as a people of faith, we're not afraid of death. And that allows us to have a certain uh, spontaneity or... or gaiety with how we speak of death, treat death, and then Halloween, uh, you know, the eve before we celebrate all the saints, All Hallows' Eve, uh, the saints are all people who have died Mm -hmm. and who are living in the Lord. And so death becomes a prominent theme, death with all of its mystery, and thus it lends itself to exaggeration. Sure. In the secular culture. Uh, So, for example, when I drive out to my little country property, 
on my day off and I pass one particular lawn and there's everything in that lawn. There's everything from tombstone, fake tombstones, to all kinds of spiderweb stuff, to uh, big, tall mechanical werewolves. <laughs> um, I haven't looked real closely. Maybe there's ghosts or vampires, or I don't know what all's in there. But there's no saints in there. Hmm. There's no depiction of saints in there. There's no depiction of faith or items of faith. And so it's not that so much that we are against the the exaggeration, although uh, it's not helpful, as much as we want to promote what is true and good and and uh, focuses us on what is important. So, for example, the tombstones, the fake tombstones. Well, that could be something that one might put in their yard as a as an appropriate. Halloween decoration, it reminds us that death is a part of life and is a part of moving to live with God. But werewolves, where does that fit in? You know, that's some right. kind of a uh, a uh, fictional character and so forth. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it does fit in some literature. I'm sure there's good literature about werewolves. There is about, you know, Dracula, about Frankenstein. Those things all have a moral purpose. Mm-hmm. But the depiction of them in popular culture typically doesn't. It's just to have something that's macabre and, and gross, let alone all the Freddy the Kruger the 13th and all the whatever the things yeah. are like that. Um, Jason, you know, what is that? Yeah, J the, yeah, the Chainsaw Oh No, he's not the Chainsaw Mask. Well, he's, that, he's another one. That yeah. The, yeah, so all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, what do you think the fascination with, with gore is? Like, like, do you think... We can like fantasize too much about the gore, like where it's unhealthy for us. And well, of course, that yes, uh, certainly. Uh, there's those little novels called um, what are they called? Creepers or creeps? Or there's a whole bunch of uh, a little series of of little novels for like teens. Goosebumps was one. Goosebumps. We, that's, that's what that's I, what we used to read as little kids. Yeah. yeah, and so I've known. Kids in parish life, I've known kids who were terrified after too much exposure to that. Uh -huh. um, you know, the Exorcist movie, it's coming back around again. And it's I'm funny. It's always like it comes around like yeah. every, give it about 30 years. And, and it seems like every couple it, 30 years or so, they, they bring those back out. And I don't know if perhaps the reason that they become popular is, is um, for the same reason that people like to go on roller coasters. It's scary, mm -hmm. and there's a physical, emotional, uh, psychological manifestation and energy that it generates in you. And if you're doing it with friends, so you can all laugh together. People love right. to go to haunted houses together, yeah, so they can scare each other and and laugh about who got scared at what. Uh, perhaps that's what it is. I think some of it, though, is a sideways and unconscious desire to understand and to somehow make connection with what is going on in my life and what will be the end of my life. Uh, I'm sure some of it must be rooted in that. Um, so Halloween on the, on the whole, you know, we've done an article that's on our website yes, uh, that people can continue to refer to mm -hmm. that seeks to educate about what All Hallows' Eve is about and thus what Halloween, at least for believers, is about. 
that has some recommendations about better ways to celebrate it. Uh, dressing kids up as saints, for example, helps to teach children about the saints and mm-hmm. so they can come to understand it in a correct way. Um, and, and, and you can do that in a really cool way, right? Like if, for kids, like we, you, you know, sometimes if you say, oh, dress them up as saints, it's like, does that sound a little weird or like, but like, you know, you can just say Michael the Archangel with wings and, you know, a sword, yeah. your kids, you know, my boys loved dressing up as St. Michael. Sure. Um, you know, the, uh, we had Anna, we used was Anna Faustina is her name, but she was dressed up as sister Faustina one year, had a, a carrying picture of Jesus with the divine mercy. And right. we gave her the whole habit. I mean, we went all, right. had a cardboard and black, uh, you know, black cloth and, um, you can make them uh, like cool costumes where it's not like a weird thing, but it's just it's fun. Well, but if if you have kids who want to do the macabre, if they're yeah. set on being macabre, think of the uh, depictions of saints in statues or windows. So, for example, Saint Lucy carries her eyes around on a plate. Yeah, that's pretty macabre. Yeah. What about so Saint Dennis? Someone could dress up as Saint. Lucy, plenty of saints could carry their head around yeah. because they they were killed that way. Um, Saint Lawrence, you could put a grill on. Put a grill mark. Yeah. Saint Bartholomew was flayed alive. He carries his skin around, depicted in windows and so forth. Yeah. So there's there's plenty. If if kids think it's silly or boring to have the nice sweet. Yeah, saint costume. Well, you can have some pretty out pretty, there. Yeah, pretty gnarly costumes. <laughs> pretty gnarly costumes for kids who want to do that. And still focus on, okay, but why did that saint die? Mm. It was for love of God and in a time of oppression and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, those are things that, that one can do. And, of course, trick-or-treating is fun, and doing that in safe ways these days is important and all mm-hmm. of that. I know there's... Trunk or treats and all those kinds of yeah that yeah characters that developed do. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. now let, let's talk about the the name Halloween you know you kind of hinted at it that it's the Eve before the saints but like the etymology of like hallows like what does hallow mean well it's I think it comes from an old English word mm-hmm. uh, that simply has to do with the saints the hallowed ones yeah. the ones who are have the halo yeah the whole the holy right right and um, you know, we have in the church, we talk about the saints, and there we usually mean those men and women who have been canonized as saints by the church. That's a whole big formal process. We're in the middle of it with Stanley Rother. He's mm-hmm. beatified. Keep praying, guys. Yeah, that's right. Now we want to see a miracle so that we can move the next step to have him formally canonized. But... Uh, as we've discussed before on this podcast, uh, we all know plenty of saintly people, people who we think are holy. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of uncanonized saints, men and women mm-hmm. who have died after living heroic holiness in their life, but for whatever reasons are are not canonized. So um, we're celebrating all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that we know of the ones who are canonized uh, when we celebrate All Saints Day. I've seen a meme before online where it shows a picture of an iceberg, 
and you know you see the very tip of the iceberg with water and you see the tip of it and that tip represents the canonized saints and then you see all you know the massive body of the iceberg below the water sure. is the actual people in heaven sure yeah that's a good meme i haven't seen that but that yeah. would be a good one yeah it uh, it reminds us um i think i've heard peter Kreef maybe talk about the democracy of the dead hmm. so the the idea that even when we talk about the census fidelium, so you hear that term now, the sense of the faithful, uh, that's a term that's also coming up at the synod, for example, the census fidelium, the fact that the people of God themselves have a natural sense of the faith. Mm -hmm. And that census fidelium, though, has to include all the people of God going all the way back uh, otherwise, you are saying one particular period of time, one particular cultural expression of the faith could contain the census fidelium. Well, it couldn't. It mm. could contain the census fidelium of those people living in that place and time, but that's such a small part of the faithful who we believe and celebrate on all saints are still connected to us uh, in the communion of saints in heaven. And so we we think of all of them together. Now a lot of a lot of kids will dress up as ghosts, and you kind of mentioned even you know some people you know have ghosts in their yards and things like that. And a lot of people think uh, that's cute. There's some cute ghosts, and then you have the movie Ghost, you know, and, and all these other like well that, that kind of dates me. Probably a lot of our listeners probably don't even know. I've never seen Ghost. Oh, I'm but, sure they have. But uh, <laughs> the giant marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> But the, but you get uh you know you have uh, a bunch of depictions of what ghosts are uh you know in you know the the media and things like that. But what is it like? What do we really mean by ghosts? Like what what do, what represents ghosts? What are they? Well, I've read that uh, the term the word that we use ghosts is a German word Geist, which simply means spirit, and. Uh, you know, when we're talking about something like ghosts, we're talking about a mix of things that we believe and the things that are admixed into that that we don't believe. We do believe in the idea of a spirit, the spiritual reality. Uh, all the angels are spirits, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, of mm -hmm. course. And we believe that human beings are a a union of body and soul. The soul is spiritual. Uh, so the idea that there could be a ghost, meaning a person who is disconnected from their body because of death, and that's what it would mean. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, now we have, within gender ideology, we have the idea that uh, somehow souls and bodies can exist apart from each other entirely, such that a soul could be in the wrong body or that kind of thing. That's not what we believe. <clears throat> a, a spirit is a, um, if it is a of a person, it has a body, it's just that it may, in death, it has been separated from the body for a time, but will be reunited with a glorified body its own mm -hmm, mm -hmm. glorified body. And so, okay, so there's a period of time, we think in terms of purgatory, we think in terms of heaven, mm -hmm. but we also know of the possibility of hell. 
And so there's some period of time between a person's death and the final judgment when everything is brought to an end, um, when the possibility would exist of a person's spirit, geist, ghost, mm -hmm. somehow being seen. Mm -hmm. One would imagine, I, I would, in trying to think about it uh, theologically, one would imagine this would happen under God's providence, God either commanding or permitting. Uh, you know, a famous scriptural example is the one with uh, Samuel appearing to the witch of Endor. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's an image of Samuel who is in Gehenna, not, not the place of the damned, but the place of the souls who of persons who have died, who is brought back by this woman's, this uh, witch's calling him. Well, she doesn't have power to call him. Mm -hmm. That's part of what we have to guard against is this idea of superstition and witchcraft and these kinds of things. But God sends him because he is a prophet and mm -hmm. God has more for him to do uh, dealing with Saul. Uh, so, so yes, yeah, so the possibility exists. Now, uh, I suspect that the majority of things that, that people experience and or imagine were ghosts are some other kind of phenomena, some kind mm -hmm. of a hallucination that they have, or, you know, they watched The Exorcist and then they hear sounds all night long in the house and so forth. Um, if you, if you look up the kinds of movies that are under a title, like on a, like on prime video or something or Netflix or something, you know, horror or thriller, mm -hmm. the kinds of things that people can watch today, you know, I mean, yeah. oh my goodness. Uh, anybody watching that stuff who doesn't later have some kind of <laughs> right frightening experience is not paying attention probably because those are very frightening kinds of uh, uh, movies. So uh, it can exist, but we have, to, we have to avoid falling into either sin or simply superstition with regards to such things. We don't want a ghost to appear necessarily. We certainly don't believe we should try to call or right. contact or somehow uh, beyond prayer make communion with. And um, if we experience something that is unexplainable, then we shouldn't immediately jump to the conclusion that it was a ghost. It might have been some other thing. Uh, that would be my sense of it. Uh, I haven't studied it deeply, but sure. those sure. are some things to avoid. We spoke recently, I think, about um, you know witchcraft and and so forth. So among the things that the spirits that might appear as a ghost uh, could be the evil spirits. Mm -hmm. uh, hell has a vote too. God has the final word. But uh, someone coming from hell to do, to you know, with God permitting right. that to happen, uh, to do harm, mm -hmm. to do harm to persons, either in their thought process and their connection to the church and their beliefs or whatever. Um, 
when we see psychics and you know fortune tellers and those kinds of things those are not real powers those people mm -hmm. will advertise that they can do this they can do that they have real powers but those are not real powers to the degree that there's any actual paranormal power happening there mm -hmm. it's because god is permitting an evil presence mm -hmm. to exert power in that person through that person's life or something mm -hmm. so definitely that is to be uh, guarded against you know things that seem innocent uh the old ouija yeah, Ouija board. Ouija board game. It was portrayed as a game. Right. But those are actually diabolical kinds of things. I mean, a, a, a calling on spirits to guide my hands on some kind of this little pointer device is calling on spirits. Right. I mean, you know, we may not have the intention that it's actually going to be something, but we have a spiritual reality. But there is a spiritual reality around us. And so, so what would you do or what would you advise if uh, a parent sees this in, the, in a kid's room or, you know, we realize, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. What would you advise those parents? Sees what in the... Like a Ouija board or, oh, you know... Oh, gosh, like, I would throw it out. Throw it, yeah, yeah. Just get it out of there. Yeah, I would throw it out, throw it away. Now, it would be good to explain to the child and help them understand why mm -hmm. in the fact that we don't... Uh, we do believe... Because we do believe that the devil is real, we don't do anything that could allow him any access to us or anyone we love... And so we stay away from all such things and we call on God, right? Draw near to God and flee from the devil, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, it wouldn't hurt also probably to, to grab some holy water or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. Do, do, you know, bless the home again, you which, know. Just, which we did on our last episode, right? Right. Yeah. We, we talked, talked about, about that. Holy water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think that that's something we have to really be careful about because we do live in a spiritual yeah. reality. We don't want to, you know, uh, do what the Lord has commanded us not to do. Right. And I think that, you know, something like trick-or-treat is fun, can be fun. I think parents would be wise mm -hmm. uh, to be very cautious just because the kids could get hurt. And people, you don't know who you're, whose house you're going to. You don't right. know what strange things people might do these days. And so, yeah, there's a lot more prudence involved, I think, uh, that has to be taking place in, in Halloween in these days and age, especially mm -hmm. with kids, because, uh, you know, I would, it's tough because you, you get some people who are wearing costumes that are uh, not modest at all. So you get that that you, you want to avoid. Then you got some costumes that are, like you said, kind of too gory and kind of corrupt the imagination mm. that you got to kind of uh, avoid. And that's why I highly like the uh, the parish events, the trunk retreats, uh, things like that. I know the, the one at St. Benedict, there's always a big, uh, Father Brooks always gives the big candy bars <laughs> for those who, who come to the, to his house. So that's fun. Um, so that's always a win. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I like it's good to have a, a good group of people to go with. So you mm -hmm. kind of know what you're getting into. Yeah, and I think some people do that. They have not just every house in the neighborhood, but people they know. Right. They go to their house, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any any uh, Halloween memories that you can think of, like at growing up? Uh, what was your favorite? What was your favorite like uh, thing to dress up as? Oh, I think I probably dressed up as a cowboy, and I think I recall dressing up as a pirate. Um, 
I heard a funny Jim Gaffigan riff on on that. We just think it's so cute to dress our kids up as the pirates, the people who were pillaging and raping and plundering all around the Caribbean. <laughs> and it's so cute to dress up. Um, but uh, those are things that I recall. And we just went all around our neighborhood. Yeah. You know, back then you you sort of knew most everybody in your neighborhood. Our house with 12 kids in it was the central hub for practically every kid in the neighborhood because right. we had somebody their age in our family. So uh, for that reason, we probably knew more people in the neighborhood than most. Uh, there was one couple down the street who didn't do trick-or-treating and didn't allow anyone to come in their yard and to them. do trick-or-treating. So, <laughs> yeah, that, they were a house to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. But mostly it was it was uh, innocent fun. And about that time of the year, back in those days, uh, the city would actually spray for mosquitoes in neighborhoods. And so this big fogger truck would come and drive all around the neighborhood, up and down the streets, putting out this big cloud of some kind of white uh, mosquito insecticide. And we literally were running and riding our bikes behind it in the clouds. <laughs> And uh, I've never grown another toe or something so far, but <laughs> it's amazing that <laughs> how loose things were back then. Back then yeah. 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 Well, so uh, all, uh, all Hallow's Eve, Halloween, leads up to, like we kind of mentioned, All Saints Day. The, the Yeah. So All Saints Day. So that's a, a solemnity, mm -hmm. uh, a day of being able to celebrate Mass in a very solemn way. Uh, that's the tip of the iceberg, and then the next right. day is the iceberg. Right, is right. All Souls Day. So All Souls Day. So next week, let's talk about All Saints Day, ways in which we should celebrate All Saints Day. Uh, also, you know, and we'll, we'll get into All Souls Day. Why is it that we pray for souls? Um, you know, that's some that's a hang up for a lot of non Catholics. Is like, why why should we be praying for souls? Should they be praying for us? What does that all mean? Mm -hmm. um, so next week, let's jump into that. What do you think? Sure. All right, this is Tulsa Time with Bishop Conerla. We'll see you guys next week.